Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, away we go into hour three of the Oakley Show and a great day for talk radio. It is indeed. Of course, we heard the weather warning and a lot of snow on the way. That's just something we'll have to deal with when the time comes. I wanted to uh, issue a warning of a different sort. If you have elderly parents or you are one such yourself and uh, maybe you're in a long-term care facility... God, I hope uh, that the people there are qualified and looking after you in a righteous fashion because there are too many stories that are surfacing about abuse of the elderly. And Michelle Mandel, writing in The Sun today, I always find her stories fascinating because she covers the justice beat or issues when it comes to uh, matters dealing with the courts. Uh, This one seems like it's an egregious error on the part of an arbitrator uh, named Mr. Steinberg, Larry Steinberg. Let's get Michelle Mandel in here to tell us all about a nurse who was stealing opioids from patients who certainly needed it in the Waterloo region. And uh, not only was she not fired, she was reinstated and compensated. Michelle, it's good to have you back on the Oakley Show. How are you? Great to be here. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your story, too, because I think it speaks to... uh, a broader concern, as we see with aging parents, and uh, maybe some of us too, as we're getting into our dotage, we'll have to worry about uh, the quality of our care. Man, this nurse that you write of in Waterloo, uh, in a synopsis way, can you tell us what happened here? Basically, a 50-year-old, um, you know, registered nurse who was a team leader at her nursing home for two years was stealing medication. Um, she was addicted to op- opioids. And um, for two years, she was managing to pilfer them from her patients, and she was finally caught because she was acting strangely, and she was fired. She was acting strangely in the sense that, uh, well, other people on the floor noticed that she was, you know, (laughs) administering the pills, I guess, in a different area uh, rather than the patient's room. Uh, In a washroom, I guess, she had some ampoule ampoule in her mouth, uh, so they caught on to her game. She's fired initially, so how did this then play out that she actually uh, was not only reinstated, but compensated? So she, um, her union grieved the, the dismissal on her on her behalf. Um, in the meantime, she, you know, good for her, she went to rehab and, and she got herself clean and she wanted her job back. So it went to arbitration and the nursing home said, Look, we can't we can't take her back. I mean, we, the trust is gone. Um, the The details of, of her getting her nursing um, you know, license back were that she had to always be monitored and she wasn't allowed to have any access or couldn't administer any medication. And the nursing home saying, well, we can't have a nurse back in that, in that area because we don't have the staffing to have somebody monitor all the time. And then we would have to have a second staffer to, to do all her work, basically. Um, and the arbitrator ruled that no, you have she has an illness, and an addiction is an illness, and you have a duty to accommodate. And um, it's not, and the only way you can get out of that is if it if you can prove it's undue hardship. And the arbitrator didn't believe that there was any undue hardship that that the home should manage to find a way, you know, to bring her back into the into the fold. So this 
opioid use disorder that the judge cited as a disease and therefore for which he couldn't really be held responsible or accountable, uh, what it's done is compromise patient safety. Well, I think it does. I mean, I, I feel bad for her. I, I, you know, I understand that it's an addiction and I, it's great that she's got help. But at, at the other end, there are vulnerable patients and she's being placed back in that situation. And um, the arbitrator is saying, no, she, you know, you've injured her, her, her rights, her dignity to not be discriminated against. And not only do you have to give her back her job, but you have to compensate her for, for those injuries. So as you point out in your article, uh, this is human rights trumping patient safety. Uh, she's Pretty placed... much. Right. And uh, I mean, in your experience covering the courts, uh, now this was a labor relations board arbitrator, wasn't it? Exactly, yes. Yeah, Larry Steinberg. Uh, how common is this now? Is this something, uh, or is this just, you know, a progressive mindset held by some, not all, uh, that would make this kind of a ruling or a judgment? On the face of it, it seems like, dare I say, back as Uh It's very common, actually. And if you take a look back into other awards, this, this is something that is very well received or accepted at this stage, that, that an addiction is an illness for which... Um, a person, you know, deserves protection and cannot be discriminated against. And um, so you can't fire somebody um, just because they have an addiction. You have a, once they, once they have, can demonstrate that they can come back to work and are no longer, you know, addicted, you have a responsibility to take them back as long as that is practical. And um, in one recent case, it was at Sunnybrook, actually, um, it, they found that it wasn't practical to take her back. They, the arbitrator agreed that she was still posing a danger because she was still, they were not convinced that she had, she had left her addiction behind. But at the same time, they found that the hospital had discriminated against her by not trying to, to make you know, accommodation for her. Yeah, uh, this is widely known as drug diversion, I guess. And uh, as you point out, uh, there were several cases that you've cited, or at least the two that you've cited here. Uh, do you feel that that's fairly common? I mean, I, I'm just concerned about elderly patients in long care uh, facilities and so on and so forth. Uh, boy, that they're really in a vulnerable position if we have nurses, their caregivers, diverting these drugs. To what extent, for example, this Waterloo nurse who was... Uh, I guess, ruled to be, you know, not a criminal or anything because it was the opioid use disorder cited as a disease. How bad was her addiction or affliction? It sounds pretty severe. I mean, I think she was she was not only working high, but she was spending every day making sure that she could um, get morphine. And it wasn't just morphine. It was hydromorphine, which is considered five times more potent um, so she was on heavy drugs and she had a escalating need because as her tolerance increased. So, you know, how, how, how common is this? I mean, I've read studies where it says, you know, it, it's reflective of what, you know, the general population. So if you say, you know, whatever is in the general population of addiction, it's, it's with healthcare workers as well. And the difference is that healthcare workers have a much easier access you know, to these drugs and, and drugs that are meant for people who are patients who are in pain. Do you also get a sense that perhaps uh, maybe, boy, I don't know how to phrase this, but the elderly are, uh, there's less of a priority placed on safeguarding them uh, 
We saw with Elizabeth Wedloffer, by the way, the nurse who was found guilty of murdering eight seniors in uh, her care over a number of years in southwestern Ontario and Woodstock and London and so on and so forth. Because you open your article in The Sun today by saying, you know, uh, everyone pledged to do better. What lessons have we really learned if this is the takeaway, this recent uh, case study that you've cited? No, I think it's a good point. And I don't don't know if if, if it's because that, you know, the, the... People who were taken advantage of here were were seniors. Is is if that's the reason why it's not taken as seriously? Um, I'd hope I I think not, and I'd hope not. But at the same time, this is this is the result. So, but it's happening not just in long term care homes. I mean, another you know case that I came across was it was happening in the emergency room at Havenborough River Hospital. So, it, it's the nature of of the occupation, I guess, when you have easy access to drugs and if you have a problem, if you have an addiction, you know, who's suffering. And so this nurse that you cited in your piece today, uh, is she back on board or about to be at the Sunnyside Home Long-Term Care Facility in Waterloo? Well, I know that um, the the home has been ordered to take her back. Uh, When I reached out to them, they couldn't, they didn't want to talk about personnel matters. So I don't know if if she's actually started back at work. Um, But but she will have to be. Right. And by taking this drug diversion, uh, the medication that was intended for the patients themselves, uh, I'm sure that put them in harm's way in a lot of cases because they weren't given adequate medication. She was pilfering it, right? Well, that's what I kept coming back to. And I was thinking these poor people who are, who are you know, prescribed pain medication because they're, you know, suffering, we're not getting the, that pain medication. And how horrible is that? And so there have to be uh, certain safeguards implemented to the further question, you know, uh, did we learn anything from the Elizabeth Wetlaufer thing? Do you see that uh, maybe there'd be greater scrutiny of people dispensing meds on time in place uh, so that they can't skirt? I know they have access to, but damn, she was actually uh, taking the drugs, I guess, and portioning them up for herself versus the patients uh, in her own cubicle or office rather than in their room where somebody else might have been monitoring or auditing. Uh, do you think those reforms might be in place or somebody in charge might be insisting upon that? I'm sure. I'm sure they're they're all looking back over the regulations and trying to curb it because, of course, no, this, this home is, you know, just as upset that this has happened under their watch now but again on the other hand there were warning signs you know she was doing it for two years and there were suspicions and nothing was done and even more i think um troubling is that none of the patients or their families were told about this so i don't know how how responsible the the home really was in the end right and yet the arbitrator uh came down in her favor it's a disorder or a disease the opioid use disorder and uh she's not named at all is she no, initialized yeah. you know, for, for her privacy. I understand. Uh, well, it was just a fascinating read, and I thought to myself, this is outrageous uh, on the face of it. And I mean, I'm sure I'll hear from people who say, well, you don't understand the, the true nature of addiction. Uh, people can't be blamed for any of their actions or certain outcomes. But uh, I believe otherwise. I mean, they do have a role and a responsibility still uh, not to put others in harm's way, uh, certainly not the elderly. That's my thought on it. And I, I seem to imply from... Uh, the piece and uh, your take that you feel kind of the same way. I appreciate I <laughs> Yeah, Michelle, I always appreciate you coming on and uh, the work that you do writing about Thank justice issues. Thank you so much. Have a good night. And you, Michelle Mandel, again, award-winning columnist for the Toronto Sun. Yeah, that's a bizarre one, but, uh, you know, hey, look, as I pointed out several times and continue to bang on this note, uh, it's a legal system, not a justice system. 
And so, by the way, do you believe that, in fact, uh, somebody who's addicted to opioids and painkillers, by their own volition, they've made some bad choices and they've uh, gone down a dark hole, uh, especially when it compromises the safety of others and puts them in harm's way, in this case, the elderly, and they weren't getting their proper meds. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.